Hello and welcome to VoiceWorks Sound Business, another of our podcast series all about audio, podcasting, digital sounds and the people behind making all those things. On today's podcast, we're talking about the TikTokification of Spotify, a phrase that I think was coined by Bloomberg in their coverage of Spotify's new TikTok-esque vertically swiped feed that was launched earlier this year in an attempt to engage and attract more Gen Z listeners. To discuss this, what it means for podcasting and more generally the video slash podcasting space, one of our favourite discussion topics on VoiceWork Sound Business, is Alex Junglis, director at Distorted, an award-winning content agency based in Leeds who do a lot of work around podcasting, music radio, and have just launched their own visual podcasting studios within their Leeds offices. So the video part of podcasting is clearly something they've thought long and hard about. So let's get stuck into this and find out more about the TikTokification of Spotify. Alex, welcome to Sound Business. How are you and whereabouts are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good to be here after listening to many episodes. I am in rainy Leeds today. And you're in your visual podcasting studio that you've got at Distorted Towers, which looks beautiful. And I guess it's very apt that given the topic of today's conversation, that you're in a nice, good looking studio. Yeah, that's right. I thought I'd best make an effort. But like I was just saying to you before we started recording, this is the first time that I've sort of set it up. There's no one else in the office today. And so I was just sort of like, oh, actually, how does this work? How does that work? Because we've tried to make it as flexible a space Mm. as possible. But what comes with that is there are many, many buttons. (laughs) 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 And I've made sure everything's rooted properly. But yes, we're in our shiny new studio, which has uh, gone down pretty well. That's one of the challenges of video and podcasting, I guess. We're going from something that's been very simple previously to adding a layer of complexity to some degree Uh, but we'll we'll talk about the value that it has in a little bit before i get into the specifics of exactly what is happening with spotify and its quote-unquote tiktokification it's all about the emergence of video and i know distorted as an organization see video as kind of a key part of podcasting's future why do you see it as so significant I think we've made a call, essentially. So I think, you know, that there's a lot of debate, and I'm sure we'll get into that shortly, around audio versus video, the sort of the purists saying like, podcasting is audio. And I think we made a call sort of middle of last year because most of the clients we work with, we have some great podcasts, we have some great content, mm. but that age-old question of how do I get more listeners how do i increase my exposure discoverability and i think it's something we all know that podcasting has struggled with there aren't many algorithms there aren't many ways that you can serve up new suggestions and video has or or visuals has has been that way that people have have got the word out about their podcast and so we sort of made a call last year it's like you know what we're going to go all in on this and that was partly you know us placing a bet and secondly, with a bit of research from our clients saying, you know what, this is what I want. This is where mm. I'm sort of, you know, this is where I want to sort of repurpose my content. And yeah, and some of it may fall outside the realms of podcasting, but I think it's all an evolution. And, you know, you and I both know that podcasting has been around for a while in terms of coming from an audio industry, but it's still really early days. And I think there's a lot of sort of evolution to come. And, and we felt like video was one of those that we wanted to to bet on i've got to say my initial approach to video or initial reaction to the onset of video was i was on the audio purist side i was like no 
podcasting is an audio medium. That's the medium I love. It's one I fell in love with. It's what I spent my career doing. So I was kind of rejecting video to a certain extent. I've softened a little bit now. And I think it's come from the point of viewers. I think with podcasting, as with many things, there's an idea that this is the way you do it. This is the one true path. And if you stray from that, you're wrong. And actually, you need to look at video not in that way at all. You need to kind of think about, and, and podcasting in general, whatever it is, you need to think that actually there are a myriad of different ways to do things. And it's about finding the way that suits you and your products to get the best result and the ideal outcome. Completely. That's it. And I think it may be that video, the, the, this idea of a video podcast sort of really breaks off from podcasting and becomes mm. its completely own entity and that we don't have to have that conversation, like you said. And and, and I was a, an audio purist. I was like, oh, we don't want to worry about video. It adds a hell of a lot of time and effort to the production process from the kit and everything like that. But I can certainly see the benefits, certainly in this world where you are trying to capture capture people's attention. And that is the hard part. I think audio and podcasting, for the most part, we see it as like long form content. And that might even be long form in terms of 10 minutes plus compared mm. to the video world. But what comes with long form content is that it is harder to grab people's attention. You know, do you want to invest in something if you don't know what it's about and you see that it's a 45 minute program and so yes i think the big guns out there you know your big media empires from your global radios to your communicors to your bbc's can help that along and trail it and get it out to lots of ears and, and eyes but actually for everyone else i think video can really help to distill that down very quickly and mm. capture someone's attention and say hey is this something that I'd like to invest in? And then pull people through to that long-form content, or at least that's the way we are trying to use it. I think the idea of a subgenre is really interesting, that you've got video, you've got podcasting, and then somehow you've got this medium that's slightly different that kind of straddles the two. I want to return to video podcasting in the future at the end of today's chat. But let's get on to the TikTokification of Spotify, which isn't a phrase I came up with at all. I think it was Bloomberg <laughs> who used it in their coverage first. Now, this is a focus more on music than it is on podcasting right now. But what is it exactly that Spotify have done within their app to make it more TikTok-like? So their app is starting like i think many would say it's starting to look quite sort of bloated because it's trying to be all things to all people but i think generally spotify are trying to be a creator app and and i think that is the gamble that they are taking with their app and they're trying to say you might know us for music but we want to start bringing all creators so not just musicians and artists and bands but youtube creators podcasters anyone who wants to create content we want to be that place for you and i think what this revamp and and it feels like i think they, there was a big fanfare about this revamp but actually when you go into the app certain bits feel a bit different but actually the main home screen i still think you know depending on your platform feels fairly similar mm. but you sort of have these tabs don't you, you have music you have podcasts and what they're trying to do is create a feed, essentially, you know, something that we're all used to with social media that is generated based on what we listen to, what we like, what we interact with. And I'm sure far cleverer things than that in terms of dwell time, like, you know, how long we take, do we listen to the whole of the track? You know, do we sort of, you know, fall off after 10 seconds and create this sort of curated feed? And I must say, at least from my sort of my exposure to it since the the announcement which was i don't know sort of two three weeks ago i'd say it's been for the most part fairly positive actually i found myself engaging 
with content that I might not otherwise have engaged with because it's served up. There's a little clip playing. If it's a podcast, it's transcribed. Even the music, you, you know, you can you can have the, the lyrics there as well. And you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard that in a while. So I think on one hand, you could say, brilliant, it's helping serve up some lots of suggestions. Very YouTube-like, you know, that idea or even sort of Facebook where you might go, you know, like you were just saying, like you're going through some DIY. You go and look at one DIY video and then the algorithm's like, ah, and then before you know it, the whole day, you're just getting, you know, videos of how to plumb a toilet. <laughs> and, I, and I can definitely see that with even the few podcasts that I'll click on that I don't, I'm not aware of that Spotify served up. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, actually, like I've just clicked on, you know, like a women's health one. And then there's a few more getting served up to me. But I guess that is the idea, the idea that, oh, actually, you like this content, you might like this content as well. And I think the feed like it or loathe it is is something that does work very well and i think something that everyone is used to so i can see where they're going with it i still think it's a bit clunky i think it it feels a bit like a bolt-on and i think like i said this app the rap is starting to feel quite bloated that they're trying to be all things to all people so yeah it, it sort of to get to that feed sometimes isn't the most obvious thing do you think that's something that's been missing in podcasting for a while in terms of discoverability because Traditionally, when Apple was the big player in podcast discoverability, the only way to discover a podcast was to see it on a front page or in one of the categories or subsections within Apple. And there wasn't really much algorithm behind it. It was kind of the big players that Apple would sift through editorially. We've seen the emergence of TikTok as kind of a podcast discovery tool, which I think is largely due to that algorithm rather than necessarily the platform suiting podcasts particularly, but the idea that it can offer up a certain type of content. Here we've got a platform which is really well suited to podcasting that has shown huge growth in that area that actually is using algorithms for what I think is the first time. Is that something that's been missing from that kind of podcast discoverability puzzle? I think hugely, absolutely hugely, because I think these algorithms are, you know, arguably know us better than we know ourselves in some instances. And I'm a big YouTube user professionally and personally and you know like like people say you know it is a sort of search engine of sorts whether you're looking for something work-based entertainment whatever and the algorithm definitely works there i feel like it will serve up stuff that i will click on because it's like oh actually you might like this one you might like this one and there yeah up at, like you're right up until this point there hasn't at least sort of outwardly that we're aware of been any any sort of clever discoverability algorithms in podcasting and it has been a real bane i think we've we've found certainly you know we as a production company we're a relatively small production company and so a lot of the titles we work with you have to fight really hard to get that exposure like mm-hmm. you say i think there's still an element that the big guns get the most of it and i and i think i do have an issue with that purely because they're the ones that lead need the exposure the least <laughs> they have f- huge channels elsewhere to promote their content yet they still seem to be the ones that get the lion's share of the exposure. The same, and, you know, we get onto the, the idea of celebrity podcasts, but I think part of the reason celebrity podcasts have taken off so so much is that you get a celebrity on board and you tap into that audience, mm-hmm. and that really, really helps with your discoverability. So I think the the algorithm, if it could make sort of, you know, even out the tables a bit more and allow decent content, because at the end of the day, it's, it's your content is, you know, it just because it serves you up a podcast people have still got to enjoy it. And, and yeah. I think, you know, the algorithms are clever often to say, well, actually, if someone clicks on it and then they don't listen to it, then it might probably get demoted down the page and before you know it. So, you know, obviously content is 
king but i think we've been in this world where you know you've got some brilliant brilliant podcasts that maybe don't get the exposure they deserve mm. and they're sort of buried away and they're reliant on hard graft of uh, of the individual or the company working with them to pr it to promote it to market it in in as many different channels as possible from the music side of this in the discovery mode that spotify have introduced there's been positives and there's been negatives so one of the positives is that if a song features in discovery mode it means a user is twice as likely to save that song 44 percent more likely to playlist that song 37 percent more likely to follow that artist they're pretty convincing numbers in terms of what's being served up by Spotify. We haven't seen what that data looks like for podcasting yet, but that's in terms of music. The negative is in the value for the artist. So the percentage of royalties that Spotify play, I think it's 30% of the 0.005 dollars that they pay per stream anyway. So it's small beans. The argument being, if you feature it, doesn't really, it's not about that play. It's about being discovered further on. Sure. But is there a chance that creating more snackable content from a podcasting point of view. So the value of podcasting has always been, as you kind of hinted at earlier, it's the long listen, it's the deep engagement. And that's from a audience interaction and interpersonal level, and also from a revenue generation level. That's what advertisers like. They like that deep engagement. But by creating more and more bite-sized content, be it a 10-minute video or a 30-second clip, is there a chance that podcasting could lose that edge that it has? Certainly. I think that is sort of up for debate isn't it that you i think the one downside you'd say to tiktok is okay you can go viral overnight from a nobody to having millions of views Mm. but is there actually any loyalty there because you're just sort of you know doom scrolling you know going through that feed and you might find a video funny and you might watch it and then you're on to the next one on to the next one the next one but people very rarely will say, oh, I'm going to go in and going to engage with that video. I'm going to go and follow the person that actually created that video mm-hmm. because it's, like you said, it's snackable. There's not much loyalty there. I'm not saying there aren't TikTok accounts that have that loyalty, but I think the majority of users treat it just like this timeline and they just go through and they go through and they go through. So yes, there is probably a danger that if you are only serving up 30, 60 second podcast clips that do you, you know, we've all see like Stephen Bartlett's been very good at that and he'll have these sort of you know these snackable bits that go on TikTok on Instagram wherever all these sort of reels and now Spotify does that mean oh I enjoyed that clip I learned something from it but I'm not going to go and listen to the full episode because it doesn't interest me but I just found something I can talk to my friends about yeah there is a danger there what I would say to that though is I think we've realized with podcasting that podcasting I guess it fits into twofold here. I think if you are an independent podcaster, it is damn tough to make your podcast pay you a living. You know, say you're like, I want to go all in on podcasting. I want it to be my career. I want to do this professionally. It is very, very hard to do that. And I think most podcasters realize that they're not going to do that from the podcast alone the numbers that they need you know say you need 50 100,000 dollars isn't, isn't that similar to any kind of talent-led industry if you want to be a singer or you want to be a comedian or you want to be a radio host it's the same challenges it's kind of like you like to think content is king and the very best talent is the talent that's successful that's not always the case but it is a, a similar story across the board yeah so no so so that's right and i think therefore 
to be a successful podcaster now is not just about the pure audio. That's sort of what I'm trying to get at okay. is that, you know what, you need to do live shows. You need to have some merchandise, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got a Patreon. You know, I think it's so many different angles. And again, like, like you're analogy, like, again, it's, it's the, probably the same if you're a stand-up comic and you haven't made it big. You know what, you're doing, you know, like working men's clubs. You're like, you are sure. doing those things just to, to, to make a living. But actually you're doing bits on the side as well. And I think that is where okay from a sheer listener's point of view maybe you could say that the video is that cannibalizing that long form con- content but i think it's helping with these other aspects it's getting your name out there more it's saying like mate yeah maybe there's some merch maybe there's a live gig maybe all of a sudden it's like oh actually it's like you know i've been you've been spotted by you know a producer for a tv show i think if you can get your content into more people's ears and eyes then i think that sort of seren- the, the the chance of serendipity is is far greater as well rather than that purely a numbers game of like you know what hit this number and then yeah, yeah. you can sort of bring in this re- this amount of revenue but also back to the algorithm and back to youtube what youtube has done very well is the monetization side of it as a youtuber you can go on and i guess once you get past a certain number of subscribers you tick a box and that is the only thing you have to do. Mm. And YouTube takes care of it. Now, obviously, when you are a small fry, maybe it's not a lot of money. But in podcasting, you and I both know there are a fair few hoops to jump through to monetize your product. And mm. I think it's getting easier, but it's still there's a lot of sort of back end. It might be like, yeah, yeah, we can help you out and we can monetize you. Oh, but actually, we, we need you to change platform. Actually, can you tell us the RSS feed? Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's not just a ticker box. And I, and I think the day that, and we're starting to see that, that you can do that with podcasting. And it's just that, you know what? I quite like to monetize it. These are the terms and I've done it. It took mm. five seconds. I think that will be very interesting as well because everything becomes very transparent now, whereas it does feel like this sort of the world of podcast monetization can be a bit sort of confusing. It's like, oh, what do I get? You know, I don't know. Like, you know, how does this work? A bit similar to, to music royalties. Mm. You know, like you said, it's like, oh, how much does a str- how much is a stream worth? It's, you know, depends on the platform, depends who you are, depends, you know, where it's played, what time of day, that sort of stuff. It's interesting you mentioned RSS feeds because in terms of the growth of video podcasts and there is this growth in video podcasts is undeniable spotify are kind of pushing that forward but in order to have a full video podcast in spotify you need to be publishing via anchor because anchor publishes the spotify not using an rss feed and in fact i don't think i might be wrong here but i don't think you can carry video within an rss feed to be then digested by a a podcasting app so if video podcasting is going to take off properly and it's going to become the norm do we actually need to start take a step back and look at rss as the delivery method and go okay well actually we need something new here yeah and i think this is probably going to be a very polarizing conversation because i think that you've got some rss purists out there so i think the beauty of rss is it's enabled a really free and open ecosystem and i the, the fact that podcasts are hosted on you know they can be hosted on you know companies hosting platforms like Anchor, like Acast or whoever else. But actually, like us, we created our own back end that hosts all our podcasts and we can do that. YouTube has become so big that like no one hosts their own their video on their own servers mm. now. They're just 
put it on Vimeo or YouTube. That like there, there's not that way that there's not that system in podcasting, and I think that's what's brilliant about it. That it feels like it's a really independent, free system, free from rules, free from a tech company just say, oh, actually, we're we're changing how this works now, and this is the the the, the way it's done, and everyone just has to fall in line. RSS isn't like that. Yeah, it does have some failings. And I think we, we actually did a talk last year at the podcast show t- talking about breaking free of the RSS. And I think that was more about the idea that I think the two can coexist together. And I think you'll have more and more content that lives adjacent to this RSS feed, a bit like how Spotify are doing it, that they've got some clever tech whereby, yeah, you've got your RSS feed that delivers audio to all the podcasting platforms. And then this sort of, I don't know how it works, but the video <laughs> feed that sits alongside Magic. it. That will, yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, but yeah, I mean, RSS feed can pretty much carry whatever you want it to. Like we've occasionally for certain clients will put a video in an rss feed i think it can be pretty dangerous especially for for large subscriber bases when you've got a you know 60 megabyte audio file that Mm. is normally expected and you bung in like a you know three four hundred megabyte file and all of a sudden the way it's distributed everyone's just like you know maybe auto downloading this file and it's sort of like clogging up people's data and everything like that but i think like you said they have spotify have just change the way they work with video so anyone can upload video now you don't have to do it via anchor that's really really new update and we've just started playing around with that that you sort of log into their back end i mean it's a bit of faff so spotify will sort of you know mirror your rss feed and suck in all the audio content and then if you want to add a video to it you just log into their back end and then add it manually so it's a bit of a faff at the moment and we're but i what we've definitely noticed is the the podcast that we've started adding video to their audio numbers have have really gone up and i think this is probably and i don't quote me on this spotify saying ah you know what let's reward people who are putting video onto their podcast and we're going to start serving that up more because that's our big play um so we definitely noticed that quite quickly the different not just the video streams because they split it up but the audio streams as well so you know on that very early anecdotal evidence which Mm. is proof of nothing you could say oh actually has there been some pull through from people listening to the video or or seeing the video clip and then saying oh i might go and subscribe to that who knows we'll have to yeah we'll have to sort of (laughs) wait wait a bit longer to see what what the what the deal is with that we are seeing a blurring of the lines at the moment, as you said earlier. You mentioned YouTube. We've mentioned Spotify. We've mentioned TikTok. Spotify turned into video. TikTok turned into podcasts. YouTube launching their podcast strategy very, very, very slowly, but we think it is coming at some point. Who do you think is going to win out in this war for audiences? Because there's three big tech companies just there that are competing for fundamentally the same audience. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting question. <sighs> My gut is that YouTube could do very, very well out of this because they have got the sort of the backbone in the infrastructure for content. And let's say video podcasting does take off and maybe it becomes the, you know, the number one format or mini mini sort of sub sub podcast mm. genre then they have got the system for that and like i said earlier from monetization you know what you don't worry have to worry about hosting costs because they're going to host it for you everything is set up also sponsors advertisers brands are so familiar with youtube and they understand it and i think that is a really big point because coming from a radio background you can say oh like there's you know sponsor reads and this is how you do that and this is a this is a spot ad this is a sponsorship message this is a presenter red ad and i think there's still an element of a learning curve with that in the podcasting world when you're speaking to clients but youtube's been doing this for you know 10 15 years and i think 
the brands know and the brands that sponsor YouTube content or, you know, get involved with, you know, like, um, yeah, sponsored reads or sponsor an episode, they totally understand mm. the lay of the land there. And I think that will be really interesting as well because they can say, oh, okay, it's a video podcast, but it's on YouTube podcast. Yeah, I get exactly how it works. I know this. And I think that could be interesting. So I, I think my, my bet is that YouTube is very, very well placed. But like you said, they've had a few missteps here. You know, I think like, what's it, Alphabet, the, the parent company to Google, they like some things they do very, very well and other things they just do very poorly. I mean, you could argue, argue Apple has been so late to the game that they had 100% share of podcasts and left it to sort of fester yeah. for a decade and didn't do anything with it. And yes, they've, they're putting more emphasis onto it now, but it still feels a bit backward in some in some senses. And But yet, yet they're still, you know, the market leader in most places. But I think it's that whole who can... I think discover who can win at discoverability and who can really win at the monetization game. And I think that's where people are going to go to. We're going to finish today's conversation with, as I said, we're going to look to the future a little bit and I'm going to throw you horribly on the spot and ask you to make one big prediction about yep. podcasting and video for the year ahead. What do you think is going to happen? I think, I think Spotify is only going to double down and double down on its aim to be for, for all intents and purposes, it's going after YouTube in many senses here. You know, they, they have music. YouTube has YouTube music. They're going after all these content creators. I mean, even in my conversations, quite frankly, with people at Spotify for a period, and I don't know if it's still the case, they were actively looking to poach YouTube creators. They want them to come on the platform and bring their audience with them. So I think Spotify is only going to double down on this. I think that that TikTok style feed is going to become, I think, you know, with revisions of the app and as they develop that, I think it's going to probably look more and more like a social media app than, say, a music app. So I definitely think Spotify is going to double down. And I think if I was to be rooting for anyone, it would be YouTube. Not that they need rooting. You know, they're like <laughs> huge. It's like root for the little guy. No, but I just think, I think if they could get it right, I think it would really mm-hmm. help podcasters in many, many ways. I'm not saying it like they've got the perfect system and you know what, they are looking to make money at the end of the day. But I think there's still so many parts of podcasting which feel a bit complicated for people just entering into, oh, how do I do it? Where do I get it hosted? What what about this? You know, I mean, even down to like, you look at even Apple and the requirements you need for artwork size and for this and for that. And it's sort of like, you need some, like, why isn't there a platform, you know, like that just takes care of that for mm. you? You know, it just, it will just sort it all out. It's still complicated in places. And I think, ironically, the podcast purists probably love that because that's their, that's their, like, oh, I know how it works. You know, like this, is, like, I'm, I'm the sort of, like, I know how the RSS feed works. Mm. I can edit it manually and, you know, do this, that, and the other. But that's fine. I think they can, the two can coexist, certainly. But I think in terms of like podcasting going more mainstream, yeah, I'd really like to see YouTube do do well. And but but also do well at not just the video podcast side of stuff, but that how they can cater to audio only products and help those old audio only products. You know, like we had before this video talk, you know, the audiogram was king. And it, yeah. you know, a lot of people still use that. We still for lots of clients still use that. But I think that shows that even in the early days, we felt like we needed something visual to help that audio content along. So yeah, I think Spotify are only going to double down and, you know, again, be interested to see if they do make some, you know, like with Joe Rogan, make some big sort of purchase sort of deals of YouTube creators, bringing them over 
to make more YouTube style content as well. So I think that'd be an interesting place to look. It's an exciting 12 months. Like I say, I've gone from being really kind of standoffish with video to actually being quite excited by the opportunity that's there. So we'll wait to see what happens over the next 12 months. Yeah, that's it. We'll check back in in 12 months. (laughs) See how wrong I was. Pleasure to speak to you as always. Thanks for your time on Sound Business. Yeah, no, thank you. That's been great. I wouldn't say it's cut and dry yet, but the case for making video to accompany your podcast in some form appears to be getting stronger and stronger every single day. Some interesting moves by Spotify, and they are already a force to be reckoned with in the podcasting space and clearly have a lot of influence in how the future looks for podcasting as well. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Sound Business and thank you very much to Alex for his time. You can find all Alex's relevant links in the podcast description. Whatever your involvement in audio, there are podcast episodes in this series to help you on your journey. So scroll back through the timeline, have a look at the topic title, see if there's anything that takes your fancy and of course, subscribe and follow this podcast so you never miss an episode because there's plenty more to come. (laughs) 